Welcome back to Sound Insight. So what do you think? I hope that that was a blessing to you, the interview with uh, Devin and Allison O'Donnell, and talking about the theme, right? The theme of, as parents, we're called to lead, provide, and protect. You hear that from me quite a bit. And you might think, oh, goodness, that's a theme that's it's commonly repeated now, but it is far too little known, far too little appreciated. There's far too little uh, formation that happens around what what has come to be something I've talked about now for a number of years. And if I repeat it, it's because it's something that that you have to choose to show how you're going to live every single day, every single day. This concept of being priest, prophet, and king, leading, providing, and protecting, going before, being with, and getting behind, um, going in front to provide the example, standing with and encouraging and protecting by saying, I have your back, right? These, this way of parenting, it, 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 it's a multiple thing, right? It's a multiple thing that one day you'll do it in one way, and then the next day you'll do it slightly differently or very differently. Um, with one kid on the same day, you'll do it one way, and then you'll do it in a very different way with another kid. And it could be about the same thing. Just as a, for instance, um, I, I, I use the example that is very apparent, but it shows the challenge. And it's doing something like your after dinner chores. Like one of our kids has the after dinner chores of washing off the dishes and putting them into the dishwasher. And there are three ways you can relate to this child, to this you know, son or daughter of mine in doing this task. To lead, to provide, and to protect. To be kingly service, to be priestly service, or prophetic service. And so um, what does that mean? Why, why does that say, well, you might look at that kid and say, you know what that kid needs? That kid needs to have it stated very clearly. I'm the adult. I'm going before you. I'm standing in front, and I'm watching how you're living, and I'm expecting you to honor my command and do your duty and do what's right. Play your part. Be responsible, and just honor my request. If you don't understand it, just do it. And if you don't do it, I will uphold that standard in your life by punishing you. That's a way of loving your child. You set the standards. You, uh, you set an example, hopefully, by how you're living according to those standards, but you have the authority and the responsibility to establish those standards and ask your child to conform to them. That's, that's one manifestation of leadership. And so for that child on that day, the right thing to do is to say, get over here and do this right now, or you're going to be punished in the following way. The same kid on a different day might uh, have a lot of homework, might be um, uh, struggling to, to figure out, maybe it's a younger kid and figuring out exactly how to do it, and maybe isn't that confident and is getting frustrated, it's taking a really long time and, and, and it's not getting clean. So you know what you, you might say instead, if you're going to do it and figure it out, you say, you know what, hey, make some room. Let me come alongside you and let's do this together and let's have a conversation and let's make it a bit fun. And let me cheerlead you on and, and say, you're doing a good job. You got this. Come on, let's go. And, and, and so the theme there is really about encouragement and providing, pouring into your child's life a spirit of communion and celebration, of affirmation, and of putting courage into. And say, come on, let's get through this. 
And all of a sudden, your child, through that accompaniment, through that walking with and walking together, they get the job done. That's a loving thing to do. And so let's get to the third one. The third one is you recognize that that child's got a ton of homework and has a test and is stressed out. And if they have to just spend 15 minutes or 20 minutes uh, doing that, uh, doing the, the, the plates tonight, um, then you know what? They're washing the dishes and, and putting them away. It is just going to add uh, so much anxiety. And so instead, you say to your child, you know what? I got you covered. I got you back. Go do it. You're covered tonight. You're not in trouble. I'm not going to do it with you, but I'm going to do it for you. I've got you covered. So you're free. Go. Go study. Go. D- relax. You, you just focus on what, what is really important, and you can do this another time. And that's a loving thing to do. And so you can see how to love my kids well means having this recognition that there are times when I'm called to go before and uphold the standard. There are times I'm called to be with and and encourage. And there are times when I'm called to say, you're free, I've got you covered. I got your back. And all three are love. Or, Or you know what? Maybe in particular instances, doing one instead of another is actually because of a deficit of love. A deficit of love. Ooh, that's pretty scary. What am I talking about? Well, of those three that I just said to you, like which of, which of those three are you more likely to do? Are you more likely the parent to say, I'm going to go before you and I'm going to stand up and I'm going to uphold the standard and I'm going to say, look, it's super clean and clear, not an issue. Do the dishes, do your duty, or you're done. You're not going out this weekend. And if that's what we lead with first, if that's what we lead with most often, if that's where we're most comfortable, then you know what? Maybe we're going to struggle to let go of that. And pretty soon, if we're doing that so much and we're not spending some time encouraging them, being with them, and other times saying, I got your back, you're free, then maybe that's not as loving as it could be in that moment. On the other hand... Have you ever faced the situation where, oh my goodness, it's going to be a battle to get this kid to step up and do his job. It's going to be a lot easier for me to just do it instead of him. And so it's not so much that I've got your back, you're free, don't be anxious, or I know you're really sad, or you had a bad day, you're, you know, I'm going to show you some mercy and I've got you covered. It's like you're doing it, but I'm standing in your place, I'm representing you. It's just, oof it would be a lot less difficult for me to just do it myself than to face the battle of having him do it. And so um, that's not like a loving way of, of sacrificing oneself. That is maybe lacking in the love needed to confront and intervene in that kid's life and say, you know what, I need more of a backbone and I need to stand up and say, that's not sufficient, that's not acceptable, you live in this house you play your part. Get over here and, um, and be the parent, right? So um, doing one or another of these things doesn't just give a pass. It just doesn't mean that, well, no matter what I'm doing, I can just call it one of those three and just identify it as the best way of loving. Um, 
No, it also means discerning and saying, okay, I see where I'm most naturally going to step in. I'm going to most naturally step in as the leader or as the provider, as the protector, going before, being with, getting behind, upholding the standard, encouraging and celebrating, or saying, I'll do it on your behalf. Go ahead, take a break. Right? You have to know yourself. You have to know your kid because watch this. Now watch how it gets not just to be, not just moving from checkers to chess or tic-tac-toe to checkers to chess, but to 3D chess <laughs> is that you might have three or four or five, or in our case, we still have six kids at home. And after dinner with these six kids, do you know how many different existential situations there are in these kids' lives? Six. Do you know how um, often one of their situations will be just like the other one? Yeah, very rare. And so you're going to have some sort of general senses of things like, oh, goodness, it's finals week. And so they're all stressed out. Okay, then that's a common situation. But more often it's going to be, you know what, this kid is at the age and stage of his life where he just needs to be uh, challenged to step up and play his part more. This kid is so kind and generous and, and not willing to put an extra burden that he's just going to um, just uh, keep the anxiety and pressure and stress um, to himself and, and not ask for help or, or realize that we're here to help. Right, this kid, it, so they're sitting right next to each other at the table. And so one is going to say, good, you go study. And the other one's going to say, get over there and do your work. And boy, the kids can feel very different about that. Like, hey, why did that person get off the hook? And how come I'm sitting here doing it? And it's, you see the challenge of parenting well? Is that loving well, it would be a lot easier to just give the same answer and apply it across. Well, th there is the same answer. If you're doing it well, it's discerning how to love well this one in front of me, even though this one in front of me is in a different circumstance than the other one who's right next to him or her in front of me. And loving that person is also what I'm trying to do. Are you exhausted yet? Yeah. That's life. That's the life of a parent pouring out. If we take seriously, this call to lead and provide and protect our kids. Okay, Whew. Uh, that was talking about doing the dishes, <laughs> doing the dishes, or doing homework, or doing chores. What happens when we're talking about things that are so much bigger? Like today on the podcast, we were talking about things that were so much bigger, like um, access to digital media, to smartphones and the internet and video games and things like that. Well, what about growing in holiness? What about growing in holiness in Lent through prayer, fasting, and almsgiving? Well, let's go to that. Welcome back to Sound Insight. This is Tom Curran, and it's a Faith and Family Friday. And wow, uh, just as I was about to start uh, recording this last segment, my son John Mark walked in. Even though it's late on a Thursday night, he said, Dad, I'll be on. Hey, John Mark, welcome Hi. to the program. How are you doing? John Mark, hey, thanks for saying yes to coming on. Yeah, totally. So, John Mark, you are, tell us a, a little bit about yourself, like your, uh, tell us about your age, to, uh, you know, and mm -hmm. um, at, what, what do you want to, you, you were mentioning something about uh, the difference confirmation made in your life of yeah. faith. But why don't we just start talking about, first of all, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and, um, mm -hmm. And just go from there. Yeah, totally. Uh, so I'm 16 years old. I'm a sophomore that goes to the Oaks Classical Christian Academy, very small uh, Christian school. And like my dad was talking about, I was recently confirmed, well, relatively recent. That was about a year and a half ago. 
and just changes in my life that I've seen since then are pretty quickly, a couple of months, I'd say, one or two, I started noticing a, a greater thankfulness for my faith, especially for the the celebration of Mass and especially the celebration of the Eucharist. I saw very vividly after receiving the Eucharist one day, I felt a real thankfulness in my heart or a real, um, I don't know, a real revelation of knowing that this is truly Christ. And not only that, but in the sacrament or in the blessing of adoration, being before the Holy Presence of God, uh, Jesus himself. So that was really great. And just since then, I've noticed many times during Mass, I've had a real thankfulness for my Catholic faith and for the community in which we have been brought over here, Spokane, and the love of Christ this community has. You know, John Mark, you said to me one time um, after we were at St. Mary's at Father Jeff Lewis's parish, um, mm-hmm. we were coming um, away from the church driving, and there weren't very many people at Mass. And yeah. you said, Dad, if people only knew like, what just happened there and who yeah. was there. Do you, do you remember that? Yeah, I do. What happened? Yeah. So I started having these thoughts a while back. Um, thanks to our soccer coach and to our soccer team, we've been focusing, or we were focusing on being real men, uh, rejecting passivity, having an eternal mindset, uh, accepting responsibility, and leading courageously. Okay, and just what you just did there was what's called an acronym. Uh, yeah. being real men so the r stands for yeah rejecting passivity rejecting passivity e stands for having an eternal mindset an eternal mindset a stands for accepting responsibility accepting responsibility and l stands for leading courageously leading courageously yeah. so you remember that coach said that i know you want to go mm-hmm. somewhere with that but i want to explore that a little bit yeah um, when he said reject passivity, did you remember what he meant by that? Or what did that mean to you? Or what does that mean to you? Um, so in class, we've been studying, or earlier this year in class, we've been studying Genesis. And we talked about how Adam was given the responsibility of the king or the ruler in the garden and how he was supposed to protect Eve and the other uh, creatures in the garden. But instead of doing that, when Eve was tempted by Satan, uh, he actually was being passive and he didn't stop Satan or he didn't try to bring Eve uh, back to Christ. So necessarily the first sin wasn't uh, committed by Eve, but was committed by Adam uh, by his passivity. So we see how uh, since the beginning of man, man has had this temptation to not uh, stay strong with Christ, but to fall away from Christ and to uh, fall to the pleasures of this world and to or just not take action when yeah. someone else was mm-hmm. yeah that's so. pretty striking i, I don't remember we, you sharing that with me i haven't because you haven't asked about it wow so. Ooh. was i passive no was, was i don't it? know but, <laughs> yeah i was going to talk <laughs> about having an eternal mindset that's really struck me yeah do that one how our coach was talking about how sometimes we do things and we're like will this matter like if we do good on a test will we remember this in a year or will we remember this even in a week? But our coach always asks us about having an eternal mindset where are the things we're going to do now going to matter in a thousand years from now when we are either in heaven or in hell? How not to waste away your life here, but to always see how things you do affect other people's lives and in turn uh, affect other people's eternity. So 
like my dad was talking about after mass that one day, I was thinking about having an eternal mindset and about how even if you have a test that day or I guess if you're an adult, have a job or have to go to work, how little things in life really will make a difference eternally, even if we don't see it. So like just praying five minutes in the day, even if throughout the day that doesn't seem too much to you or it doesn't seem to have that big of an effect really eternally, that will have a bigger effect than any other thing you do that day. So just seeing how your life and how the gifts that God has given us truly blesses us and truly brings us closer to him. So. You know, John Mark, it's, it's, um, what you said is very striking from the standpoint that I would say that a lot of folks listening, if they have uh, taken that concept seriously, mm-hmm. like one of the ways that I see that playing out is having that eternal mindset. Like what's really important yeah. ultimately actually is also very impactful day to day. Yeah. So here's what I mean. So when I get up in the morning, my first commitment is to pray. Yeah. And so I pray and and then I make sure I'm going to get to mass, mm-hmm. right? I, I haven't been perfect at it, but I what I have found is when I structure my day and prayer is first, and for me that often means quiet prayer mm-hmm. and a commitment to get to mass. And when I can get to mass in the morning, first first thing before I do a lot of my work, guess what happens the rest of my day? Uh, probably fruitful or it's, you see blessings. Yeah, it's, I'm more at peace. I'm not as stressed out. Um, things flow. I have a greater sense of the Lord at work. I'm more attuned to his spirit as compared to uh, yeah, like you know, the opposite, getting up and not praying, getting up and letting something else crowd out prayer mm-hmm. and getting too immersed in the stuff that I have to get done, that I just have to get done, that I just have to get done. And all of a sudden I didn't pray and I didn't get to mass. Mm-hmm. And guess how the rest of my day goes? Uh, probably not very Not good. Not nearly as good. So I think that that is um, the, let's call it the immediate effects of having an eternal mindset is that it yeah. not only blesses you forever, it also blesses you today, here and now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So also off that, uh, not just about the blessings that you receive and having an eternal mindset like that, but also how you can bring others farther from Christ. Uh, it seems that like we just got over with the basketball season and our coach would always like, you know, here's the next game. Here's what we're doing next. And before every game, I kind of ask myself, uh, like, how really important is this game? Obviously, I want to do my best, and I want to strive to be excellent. And there's only two people that really know who gave it your all in that game, and that's you and Christ. So always having that mindset, but also having the mindset that, like our coach says, the trophies and the achievements we have here um, will burn, but the things that we have striven or strove and people that we have tried to bring closer to Christ won't burn away and will always live eternally. So not only the good things we do, but also uh, the bad things we do. I know that Christ has mercy on us and he takes away our sins and he carries the cross for us. But not only does he carry our cross, but we have to carry our cross too. So we ourselves are also responsible for the lives and souls of those around us. So not only just thinking about the blessings, but also thinking about the maybe the ways we have brought others away from Christ. So, so that's the accept responsibility part. Yeah, 
Yeah, I like that. And then the, the third one was lead courageously. Mm-hmm. And what did the, uh, this is now your soccer coach, not your basketball yeah. coach. But first of all, let me just say, is that awesome or what? How many times do you guys have coaches at the high school level where these are dads who are volunteering to, mm-hmm. um, to give of themselves for these players and they get this kind of like ministering to them in faith and example and insight I just I'm blown away by that. Okay, let's go yeah. back to lead. Um, yeah, lead by lead courageously. So lead courageously. I always kind of think of this as the opposite of reject passivity. Uh, if we go back to Adam in the garden, instead of leading courageously, he was passive. But I've been doing this consecration to Saint Joseph, and it always talks about uh, Saint Joseph's virtues and about how if Jesus honored Saint Joseph and Mary as his parents, how much more we should honor them and respect them. So it always talks about how Joseph or St. Joseph was a virtuous father and led his family courageous. So nowadays you see how the world is tempted by, or how men are tempted by passivity and by just standing by and letting Satan attack the culture, especially attack the families. So fathers, or as me being the oldest son, have to be courageous and have to always be on guard and always praying and always relying on Christ's protection, but not being afraid to um, go against what other people think is right, but do what we know is right. So that's really beautiful, John Mark. Fighting for Christ. Well, John Mark, that music means that we're up against the end of the program. Well, beautiful sharing. Thanks for taking time and sharing with me. Yeah, totally. Yeah, folks, on Saturday the 19th, that's a week from Saturday. Um, I am going to be giving um, a morning of reflections on St. Joseph um, as a, a model, as a, uh, as a man of God, and uh, as a model for us today at St. Joseph's Catholic Church in Otis Orchards. That's again, it begins at 9 in the morning with Mass at St. Joseph in Otis Orchards on the 19th, the Feast of St. Joseph. All right, God bless your day. Join me on Monday for more Sound Insight. Sound Insight's primary sponsors are Burien Chevrolet and Burien Toyota. We'd like to thank Catholic business owner Dean Anderson for supporting Sound Insight. Burien Chevrolet and Burien Toyota are located off First Avenue South in downtown Burien. And all inventory of new and pre-owned vehicles are featured online at BurienToyota.com and BurienChevrolet.com. Find new roads. Thanks again for listening to Sound Insight, and may God bless your day.